0: While my first reaction on looking at this beatitude is to say, boy, this seems impossible. My second thought is to say, now, if I could lay hold of everything that Jesus speaks of in this beatitude and really make it mine, I would be blessed indeed.
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, we have to go back a bit and I want to ask, what is this beatitude that you were reading? Oh, blessed are the pure in
0: heart, for they shall see God. So you read the pure in heart, I think most Christians will not say, oh, that's me. When we read the earlier Beatitudes of our Lord Jesus Christ, blessed are the poor in spirit, I can say, yeah, yeah I've got plenty to be poor in spirit about. But when it comes to pure in heart, our first reaction is not, hey, that's me. But if that were to be increasingly true of me, I would be blessed indeed. Blessed to see and know more of God now, blessed in the anticipation of seeing him in all of his beauty. And where about the pursuit of purity of heart? How do we grow in that? Uh, What are strategies for pursuing it like? That's what we're looking at today. And I think this is a wonderful theme. It's a very practical theme. And it's a message of encouragement for everyone who says, I wish that I you more of purity of heart in my
1: life. Well, I think that many of us, when we hear this beatitude, and maybe some of us who have grown up with certain Bible teaching, have tended to hear this more than others. We hear pure in heart, and that translates to purity, then that translates to sexual purity. But this beatitude is about so much more than that, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly includes that, and
0: you're absolutely right that it's so much more. We're going to see it's about singularity of purpose. The pure in heart, that's the opposite of the person who has a divided heart. The Bible says that person is unstable in all of his or her ways, never sure whether I'm going one way or another, like the folks Elijah spoke to, always limping between two opinions. No, a pure heart is what the Apostle Paul said when he says uh, one thing I'm pressing after. I, I really want to know Christ and that's what I'm going
1: after. It's not that I've already obtained all this, but I'm going to pursue it and I'm going to go after it. That's a pure heart. And we're going to continue to look at what this means from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. So join us there as we begin, Blessed are the pure in heart. Here is Pastor Colin.
0: I have to tell you that my first reaction on reading this uh, sixth Beatitude is that what Jesus describes here seems on first reading to be impossible. Pure in heart. I would be very surprised if there is a single person in the congregation who immediately on reading these words, purity of heart, would say, oh, that's me. I don't think that's what we're saying, is it? which is significant because when we read the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, it was very easy for us to say, hey, that's the people who know that they've not got what it takes before God. That certainly is me. Or when we read the second beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who become aware of their sins and and aware of their shortcomings and mourn over them. It was not difficult for us by God's grace to get to the place of saying, that is certainly me. That's me. But when Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, I don't find myself saying, that's me at all, and I don't expect that you do either. And then just thinking about the scale of these words of Jesus that we're looking at today, seeing God, that seems like a second thing that's equally impossible at first sight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You remember in the Old Testament, Moses wanted to do that. Show me your glory, he says. And God says to him, well, you go hide yourself in a rock, and I will allow the brightness, the appearing of my glory to pass by. And then God allowed Moses to see what we might describe as the afterburn of the glory of the presence of the Lord. And God says, Exodus chapter 33 and verse 20, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live can't see God and live. And yet here we have Jesus saying, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It seems like there are two miracles involved right here. So, straight away, the apparent impossibility of these two things, seeing God in purity of heart, shows us what a great Savior Jesus Christ is, that He may offer these things to us. He does not give us this beatitude to mock us. He comes as the great Redeemer, He comes as the Savior, He comes as the Deliverer, and He holds these precious gifts in His hand, that in Christ, a sinner with all the baggage that sinful habits leave in the thoughts of your mind and the inclinations of your heart, that such a person should become pure in heart, that in Christ a sinner being washed and forgiven and cleansed should actually see God, and instead of shrinking back into an everlasting hell, should be able to move forward into an everlasting joy." These are amazing things. And this is what Christ is able to do for sinners. This is what Jesus Christ is able to do for you. He can purify your heart, and He can shine His light into your heart to give you the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So, while my first reaction on looking at this beatitude is to say, boy, this seems impossible, my second thought is to say, now, if I could lay hold of everything that Jesus speaks of in this beatitude and really make it mine, I would be blessed indeed. I would be blessed, and so would you. Now, again, we have two weekends to immerse ourselves in this uh, beatitude, and today we're going to focus on what Christ calls us to hear. What is this purity of heart that He speaks about so that we understand it well in order that we may go after it? And then next week, God willing, we'll come in the second part to look at the how question. How can I pursue this purity of heart? How can I cultivate it? What are the practical things that I can do to move in this direction? So, we begin today then with what purity of heart is. And uh, let's begin with a negative because it's important to see what it's not. Let me put it this way that purity of heart does not mean that you never have a bad thought. That should come as a relief to you. You say, oh, good, okay, that at least helps. Remember, the Apostle John uh, says to believers, to Christians, if we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves. Christians are always sinners in this life, sinners in the process of recovery, and if purity of heart meant that you simply never had anything wrong or that you never thought anything wrong or felt anything amiss, then clearly this would be a blessing, the sixth beatitude, that no Christian could ever have. And Christ does not say these words to mock us. He says these words because He offers something to us. Now, uh, most writers pick up on this important point. No one says it better than A. W. Pink. Uh, Just very succinctly, he says, purity of heart is not sinlessness of life. These are two different things. There is no perfection that is being spoken of here by the Lord Jesus because there is no perfection for the Christian in this life. Purity of heart is not sinlessness of life. We're going to see what it is, but let's be at least clear about this as to what it is not. It is not sinlessness of life. It's not perfection. The Bible speaks, in fact, about purity in different ways or holiness in different ways, and it is important to be able to distinguish between them. Let me just mention three very briefly. The first is that there is a purity or holiness that is ascribed to God alone. You have this many places in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 3 is one of them. Remember that In the presence of the Almighty, there are millions of angels who have never sinned. Don't know what sin is from experience. They are holy angels. But even the holy angels cover their faces in the immediate presence of the Almighty. And they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Why did they say it three times? Because his holiness is of another kind, it is the source of theirs, it is incomparable. You and I, like the angels, will reflect the purity and the holiness of God in when our redemption is complete for all eternity, but we will reflect the holiness of God in the way that the moon reflects the light of the sun. The sun has its own light. The moon has reflected light. And so even the holy angels are covering their faces in the presence of the holy, holy, holy one. There is a a purity and a holiness that is ascribed to God alone. He is incomparable. He is God. He is God. Second, there is a purity and a holiness that will be ours in heaven. It really will be yours in the presence of Jesus, and already is for those who have gone into His presence. 1 John chapter 3 in verse 2, when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is, pick up on this next week, how often the Bible connects our seeing of God with our growth in purity. And when we see Him as He is, then, then our purity will be complete. We shall be like Him. In the presence of Jesus, you will have a purity that is like pure gold, a holiness that is like pure gold. There will not in heaven be a trace of sin on you, or in you, or around you. It will be glorious. It will be an unrelenting and magnificent joy. But that awaits the time when Christ appears, that unmixed holiness, that pure gold. But then, thirdly, there is a purity or a holiness that God calls you to pursue now, and that's what Jesus is speaking about here. Uh, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Thomas Watson, who we're often quoting in this series, has this good phrase. He says, this is purity in a gospel sense. And uh, he says that the, the Christian's purity in this life is rather like gold that is mixed with dross. When you're in the presence of Jesus, it'll be pure gold, refined gold. Now it's real gold, but it's gold that is mixed with dross. And he says, this mixture, God calls purity in a gospel sense as a face, he uses this analogy, as a face may be said to be fair, which has some freckles in it. So, what he's saying is this, that where there is a longing for purity, and where there is a loathing of impurity, there, in fact, is a purity of heart. It is mixed. It is not complete. It is not perfect, but it is real, It's not pure gold, but it's real gold, and it is of great value in the eyes of God because it is the work of the Holy Spirit in your soul. So, understand this, that purity of heart does not mean sinlessness of life. What then does it mean? Two things. Number one, a pure heart is an undivided heart, and number two, a pure heart is a clean heart. That's where we're focus today. A pure heart is an undivided heart and a pure heart is a clean heart.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Blessed are the pure in heart. It's from the series Momentum, how to make progress in the Christian life and we'll hear more from the message in a moment. Now Pastor Colin's newest book is called Six Hours That Changed the World. And in this book, he has a clear, biblical, compelling presentation of the gospel message that you could use to share with someone this Easter. And this month, the team are excited to be able to offer you this book in appreciation for your financial support. When you go to the freshly updated website, you can set up a regular donation of at least £5 a month to receive your free copy. The website address is openthebible.org.uk. Learn more about Pastor Colin's book, Six Hours That Changed the World, again, when you visit the website, openthebible.org.uk. Well, let's return to the message. Here is Pastor Colin.
0: A pure heart is an undivided heart, and a pure heart is a clean heart. So think with me for a few moments, if you would, about the blessing of an undivided heart. That's what the word pure means, one, whole, undivided. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed is the one whose heart is undivided. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what the word means. Now it's interesting that our Lord Jesus returns to this uh, theme a little later in the Sermon on the Mount Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22 I'm quoting here from the King James version the light of the body Jesus says is the eye and if therefore your eye be single then your whole body will be full of light if your eye be single. The ESV says, if your eye be healthy. The NIB says, if your eye be good. They're all expressions, good expressions of this idea of wholeness or health or oneness that's at the root of the Word that Jesus uh, spoke. But I think that the Old King James Version here is perhaps the most helpful of all. If your eye be single, if you are a person who is going after one thing, If you're focused, like a hundred-meter runner that's just going down the the track there and hasn't a moment to be looking to to the sides or to the stands, but just just is going for it. That's the sense of what purity of heart really means, single, undivided, focused. The Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, I don't think he's been ever quoted from this pulpit in the last sixteen years and probably won't ever be again but he's very helpful on this. He wrote a whole book with this title that's a definition of purity and a very good one. Purity of heart, said Kierkegaard, is to will one thing. That's what it is. Purity of heart is to will one thing. So, the opposite of a pure heart is a divided heart. So, you remember Elijah standing on Mount Carmel, and he says, now, how long are you going to go on limping between two opinions? If God be God, follow Him. If Baal be God, then you just go and follow Him. Or to put that in our terms, this side of the cross, how long are you going to go on trying to embrace Christ and the world at the same time? Divided, compromised, half-hearted. How long will you continue toying with the same sins, never quite giving yourself to them completely, but never quite giving yourself to Christ as He lays claim to your life completely either? How long are you going to do that? That's a divided heart. It's the opposite of a pure heart. For purity of heart is to will one thing, and that is why in James in chapter 4 and verse 8, you find the apostle James saying, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You see the connection there? Double-mindedness is the opposite of a pure heart. He's already said in the earlier part of James's letter, the, un, the double-minded person, he's unstable in all of his ways. Now, he says, here you are, and you're double-minded. You're trying to be facing both ways at the same time. John Bunyan in his Pilgrim's Progress invented all these characters with marvelous names, and he invented a character called Mr. Facing Both Ways. We well, say that's a dividing, divided heart. We immediately know what he means by that, Mr. Facing Both Ways. And he wants to be a Christian. He wants to be in the world. He's living a kind of divided life. He's the opposite of purity in heart. And James says to such a person, now you're, you're double-minded. What have you got to do? You've got to purify your heart, because this double-mindedness is the very opposite of a pure heart, which is to will one thing. So, if you want a commentary on what purity of heart is, you can't do better than Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Remember, that's the passage in which Paul says, not that I have attained all this or am already made perfect. So, purity of heart is not perfection, it's not sinlessness of life. But then what does He say? One thing I do, one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Jesus Christ has called me heavenwards. One thing I do, that's purity of heart. That's exactly it being lived out in the words of the Apostle Paul. There is not perfection, it is to will one thing. And Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed is the man or the woman or the boy or the girl whose heart is undivided. And there is a wonderful prayer that you can use. If you've not discovered this, it's well worth marking up in your Bible. It is Psalm 86 and verse 11, and it's a prayer for purity of heart, the word purity is never used. Psalm 86 and verse 11, it says this, "'Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth.'" And then notice the next word, "'Unite my heart.'" Psalm 86 verse 11, "'Unite my heart to fear your name. Make my heart one.'" Deliver me from this dividedness, this facing both ways. So, you see what he's saying, if we may put it in in our terms today, he's coming before God, and he's saying, oh, God, here's this heart, and you know this heart, it's all over the place. Now, please make this heart one. That's what purity of heart is that I may be a person who wills one thing, that I might be like the Apostle Paul, someone who says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. I'm pressing forward towards the goal, the prize for which God has called me upwards in Christ Jesus. That is a great prayer for purity of heart. So, a pure heart is an undivided heart. And Jesus says, blessed is the one whose heart is undivided. This person will see God. And then the second uh, part of the meaning of a, a pure heart is obviously a clean heart. And so, Jesus speaks to us here not only of a heart, the blessing of a heart that is one, but the blessing of a heart that is clean, And we're going to look next week, as I say, at how we go after these things, but today it's really important for us to see and believe what Christ promises to us and lays before us. Now, I want to take a few moments to frame for you what a Christian receives in Jesus Christ. And you may find this to be a helpful framework, I hope you will, that you can can keep in your mind to understand what is yours in Christ and what is yours in the gospel, and to build your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's begin here. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, when any person believes in Jesus a bond of holy union. Faith forms a bond of holy union between that person and Jesus Christ, and in that union, Christ belongs to that person, and that person belongs to Jesus Christ. Faith forms the bond of a union between you and Jesus, so that in, as the Bible puts it, you are in Christ, or another way in which the Bible says the same thing is that Christ is in you. That's what faith does. It forms the bond of a holy union between you and Christ, and in the bond of that union, wonderful gifts from God are poured into
1: Pastor life. Colin Smith there on open the Bible and what an encouraging message blessed are the pure in heart it's part of the series Momentum How to make Progress in your Christian life and if you missed any of the broadcasts in the series you can always go to the website and stream the program there or even download an mp3 for free the website address is OpenTheBible.org.uk. that's open the Bible. Open the Bible is a listener-supported ministry. They depend on your generosity to bring Pastor Collins' teaching here each day on Premier Christian Radio, and they're excited to be able to do something new this month, and that's to offer you a free copy of Pastor Collins' latest book in exchange for your financial support. This book is called Six Hours That Changed the World. And Colin, when we read this book, what do you hope we'll take away from it? Oh, well, I think the first thing
0: is to see at a deeper level just how much God really loves you. I mean, the Bible makes this very, very clear. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's what this book is about. Six Hours That Changed the World are the six hours that Jesus suffered hanging on the cross. And it explains what he accomplished there for us. And you know, here's the problem. There are many people who believe that Jesus died and rose, but they don't really feel that God loves them. And maybe you can relate to that. You, you know about the cross. You know that Jesus suffered and that he died. But it's not very obvious to you how this is love. I mean, how is this God really loving me? Well, I want you to see the love of Christ in the cross and to see that this love really is for you. For you to be able to say, no one has ever loved me like this and no one ever will love me like this. Jesus loves me and in the
1: cross I see the full extent of God's love. Pastor Collins' newest book is called Six Hours That Changed the World and it's a gift of appreciation to you for your support. Just go to the website openthebible.org.uk and set up a regular donation of at least £5 a month and they'll send you a free copy of the book as a special gift. Again, the website is openthebible.org.uk.
0: I want you to take this step today. Can you meet me here? That the beginning of faith is to say, if I were in Christ, if Christ was in me,
1: I believe that he could make this heart clean. Pastor Colin brings a challenge for us next time. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible.